I just have in my heart to share with you this evening <clears throat> about the why of business, your why of business. And uh, the why we do things determine the energy we do it with. When I talk about energy, I'm not talking about some sense of aura or some weird things. I'm just talking about like your passion, the energy that you do it with, like the um, how you <clears throat> how you wake up in the morning, like are you energized to do what you do? And uh, there isn't any work or any any uh, business that uh, is just going to be everything's everything you do is uh, going to be something that you like. There's always going to be something that we don't like. But uh, in general, in, in most of what you do, do you have energy uh, to do it with? And if you get the right why, then you'll have the right energy. And uh, if I talk about energy, like your passion to do, um, uh, uh, like to do what you're called to do. And uh, if I think about if your energy levels are high, then you'll be able to uh, easily or more easily work through setbacks in business. Because uh, we live in a fallen world and we know that there's setbacks and there's no things to be planned and don't work out. But uh, if you have the right why, you'll be able to overcome the setbacks. And uh, even for myself, I sometimes like, neglect my why um, and it taps my energy. I neglect my why and it taps my energy. I know uh, two years ago I was driving on my way to a wedding <clears throat> about 40 minutes away from Bukitburg. And... Halfway there, I realized I was not excited to do the wedding. And uh, I, I realized, you know, I actually want to be home now. I don't want to do the wedding. <laughs> and uh, uh, I'm sure in business, there's lots of challenges. Uh, and there's things that, that sap your energy. There's things that uh, take your focus of uh, your why and put it on the circumstances. And then you forget your why. And, it, and, uh, and then you don't live the live with the passion that you actually want to live. Because in my mind, while I was driving, I'm thinking, okay, so I'm going to share the gospel with these people. And still in, in my mind, that couldn't help me uh, help me in that moment to get excited to, um, uh, to share with the people. And now I'm thinking, that's just wrong. I should be excited to share the gospel. <laughs> but I know, luckily, because I've got a relationship with God, like I know that uh, even if I don't have the right focus, there is a right focus. And God has my answer. So I was just, I was just praying in the spirit and uh, uh, just spending time with God. I was like, God, like I know there's a right focus. And I know if I get the right why, then the energy will come and the... Uh, I will I will get the the right uh, um, heart for what I want to do um, this afternoon because I know I should be having the right heart but I don't have it at the moment. So as I was praying, uh, God just spoke to my heart and said, "What you are going to share this afternoon is going to have an eternal impact in some in some of those people's lives." And when He said that, it's like now I've got my why. Now I know like the reason why I'm doing it, and it energized me. It got my focus right. And it helped me to uh, not focus on the circumstances or focus on the way that I feel, but focus on uh, on the God's why. And when I got God's why for the situation, um, I could uh, do what I wanted to do um, uh, with energy. So if we think about our why, uh, what should be our why? So <clears throat> if I think of, um, uh, about different whys that people have. They want to be successful in business. They want money or fame or possessions. And we all know, we, we, um, uh, we've spoken about that in, also in previous uh, in business leaders' settings, is that those things don't fill the gap. That isn't a, 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 like the ultimate why. 
like if you have a biz business, it needs to be profitable. So th it, there needs to be some sense of that, uh, of a why in there. But that's not the ultimate, um, the most important why. But I also want to share a recent story, which also helped me to clearly define my why. And it clearly just brought me back into um, uh, this is the why. This is God's why. And and uh, this the, the why of God is the why for each and every one of us. doesn't matter the uh, where we are, uh, in what sphere uh, we are. If we um, uh, if we at home or if we're doing business, in, in what setting we are, God's why is the same everywhere because it's got to do with people. But I, I had a day where everything in my mind was just disorganized. I wasn't focused. I struggled to focus. I felt overwhelmed. Now, um, for me, that's weird. Like, uh, I generally know what to do, when to do it, how long it's going to take me. Uh, that's just the way I think and the way I operate. But now I'm finding myself in a space where I, I just don't, <laughs> I feel like my brain is like scrambled and uh, I don't know what to do. And uh, I at least know that there's one person that can organize my scrambledness. Because uh, uh, I know Galatians 5.22 says that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. And what I need right now, uh, or in that moment, was I needed peace. I needed God's peace just to kind of settle the, like the storm in my mind so I can, I can get the right focus uh, in what I needed to do uh, and focus on. So what, um, uh, what I do when, I've, when I even start feeling like that or when I start feeling disorganized or I feel overwhelmed by the amount of things that need to get done, I stop and I prioritize my relationship with God. And in John 15 verse 4, it says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And in that moment, what I was feeling is I, like I'm not living fruit. I can't produce fruit because I'm just disorganized. So I know what I needed to do was to abide in the vine so that God would settle my, my whatever, whatever I was feeling, my disorganizedness, and fill my heart with peace and focus so that I can do uh, do the right thing or, or just get my kind of like my focus back and not think <laughs> like all crazy. <laughs> uh, and uh, um, <clears throat> uh, uh, let me read the verse again. It says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. And uh, the verse just after that was speaking about uh, that we'll have much fruit. So if we want much fruit in our lives, we need to be abiding in the vine. So when I, uh, when I find myself in a place where I'm disorganized and uh, I don't know what to focus on, the reason why I choose to stop everything I do and focus on my relationship with God is I know if I do that, I'll be more productive with the time that I've got left. And if I neglect my relationship with God and just carry on and mumble through things and try and get things done. So let's say on a practical note, you've got three hours left of the day and you feel disorganized and, and whatever. If you take time and focus on your relationship with God, then if you, if you spend 20, 10, 20 minutes maybe just reading the word and let God speak to you, you'll be more productive with the time left if you don't, if, uh, uh, or if you don't uh, uh, spend time with God and just try and get the, uh, uh, the work done. But uh, <clears throat> while I was feeling uh, like this, this is organized, I was reading... Um, and I was reading in Philippians 4 verse 6 and it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known 
to God. And as I was praying that in uh, uh, in the Afrikaans Bible, it's it's uh, uses the word besorg, which means concern. Like it says, don't be concerned for anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And I was just talking to God and thanking God about some concerns and about worries that come up and like my feeling disorganized and everything. And in a moment, I just thought like, what is God concerned about? Like I'm, I'm talking to him about my problems and I'm talking to him about things that I'm concerned about. But what is God concerned about at the moment? Now, I don't like the word anxious for this question because God is obviously he's not anxious. But what is he concerned about? What is on God's heart while I'm uh, going off and giving my list of concerns or things that uh, that I'm thanking him for that's going to work out? And uh, um, God just reminded me of this scripture in uh, 1 Timothy 2 verse 4 where it says, Who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And... Uh, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, you know, I'm I'm like this child. And I'm like, God, like, well, how's this going to work out? And how's that going to work out? And how's this going to work? And like, for God, like, that's easy. That's easy to sort out. <laughs> because uh, he's obviously looking after me and he cares about me. But what he is concerned about is that there are people that are lost and people need to come to the knowledge of uh, of the truth. And that is what he is putting, if you can say it like that, that's where he's putting his energy into. And that's what he has put it into, into Jesus, uh, is to get people saved and get them to the knowledge of the truth. And in that moment, I changed my, uh, I changed my prayer. So I was like, okay, God, help me to be concerned with what you are concerned about. And not just think about me and my concerns and how things are going to work out for me, but that, uh, that I would have your heart uh, for people that that uh, and, and I think about it even in this way if I go to the store with my children and uh, There's some sweet that they wanted and it's not there like it's that's their concern And it feels for them like it's this major concern. I can't believe like that's not there and I'm, and, and I'm thinking so that's your biggest problem <laughs> And I'm like I can easily just uh, sort out this issue. This is not a big problem Let me tell you what big problems are and it's almost like that with God. It's like when we're thinking, think, uh, sharing with him our issues and things, he's just like, that's easy. Like uh, what we should be focusing on is getting people safe into the knowledge of the truth. And uh, one thing I, I've seen in being in ministry and, and working with lots of people is that people have the general idea that I'm, when God kind of uh, um, tells me where to go, then I'll live my purpose there. And uh, um, I was just think I was thinking about that a while ago, and uh, it's kind of like imagine like two groups of people, one uh, uh, like two groups separate from each other. The one group is thinking, if if when God puts me there, then I'll live my purpose. And this group is thinking, if God puts me there, then I'll live my purpose. And while that is going on, no one is living their purpose because <laughs> we have this idea that we need to be somewhere. Uh, like this, it's this magical place with where the purpose is. Purpose is where people are. Like I'll say that again. Purpose, God's purpose for you is where people are. So where there's people, you've got purpose because God's purpose is getting people saved and getting them to the knowledge of the truth. And uh, the purpose of business, Peter shared many things uh, uh, in the in the previous session about purpose, and it needs to uh, uh, your business needs to be profitable and all those things. But the ultimate why, the ultimate goal in business is to reach people. As Peter said, you're going to outlast your business. 
what what is going to last is people. Let me ask you uh, it this way: What is God's treasure? What does God treasure? In Matthew six verse nineteen to twenty one, it says, "Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal." But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And that in, in business is such a is such powerful verses, because where your heart is, or, or where your treasure is, there your heart's going to be. <laughs> so if you have the right why, then your heart will be healthy. God's treasure is people. That is the purpose of, of why we live, is to reach people. So, and I know, like, um, why it's important to speak about this, in, even in a business setting. Maybe you're not a business owner and you're just, um, uh, you're just working uh, for someone. But if you're a business owner, you you have a temptation to neglect the real why. Because if you're a business owner, you need to look at the bottom line. You need to see things work out because you're looking after families. You're not just not just supporting yourself. And um, uh, you, you're looking after many things that uh, bills needs to get paid. So you, you need to look at the bottom line. But, uh, and that can be a temptation to only look at the bottom line, to only see how you can fix the bottom line. And what we should be focusing on is what God is treasuring. We can be looking at the bottom line and at the same time treasure what God is treasuring. In Matthew 6 verse 22, it says, The lamp, <clears throat> the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. And if therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So Jesus is saying the lamp of the, of the body is the eye. The, like your focus determines like what is shining on the inside of you. Like the lamp is your eye, what you focus on. So if, the, if therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. If you have the right why in, in what is God's treasure and the right why in why you're doing certain things and why you're in business, then, sorry, your body will be full of light. But then Jesus also says, but if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. And this next kind of uh, uh, part of this verse you need to think about it a bit, what Jesus is saying, because if he says, if therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So what he's saying is, if what is shining on the inside of you is darkness, how great is that darkness? <laughs> and this is like, you know, like Jesus and the gospel is awesome. Because uh, Jesus is saying, like your focus determines the light that you have on the inside of you. He's not saying the way your business is going is determining the light. The way your career is going is determining the light. He says the way your focus is, is determining the light. You know, um, uh, if, if you have the right why in treasuring people, you'll be excited uh, uh, going to work, even if things don't work out because you can be working with people. And I know, like, uh, people are challenges. <laughs> we are the challenges. We in this meeting, we are challenges for other people. But, you know, God, uh, what God's treasure, what God is treasuring is people. So if you don't have the right why, it can actually profit you nothing. Think about that. And I'll, uh, I'll read some verses which can help you process if you don't have the right why, you can be busy, you can be working, and it can profit you nothing. So what, I want, what I'm sharing with you, I want to help you. And it's things 
that uh, I don't want you to be in business and then 50 years later you'll be like, oh, I wish someone told me that earlier. <laughs> uh, if you don't have the right why, it can actually profit you nothing. And let's, uh, um, the next verses that I want to share with you talks about what is, what is going to profit us in business. What is going to, what is, what is profit? In uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 3, it says, Though I speak with the tongue of men of angels, but I have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. And I like it because it's used the words profits, because that's a business term. If we're not doing what we're doing with love, it profits us nothing. <laughs> uh, so this is this is what we can glean from this part uh, business-wise. Is rather do less with the right heart than doing more with the wrong one. Rather do less with the right heart than doing more with the wrong heart. It will profit you more to do less with the right motive than to do more with the wrong motive. And we have to ask ourselves this question, like, what is success in business? Is it just projects being completed or the size of your business or income or promotion or productivity? Like, how does God measure success? If we think about it in this setting, and I know, like, uh, I'm trying to get into your business setting to help you see it in a, in, in, in a way which you generally think in business. But this is not really like how it works in the kingdom that God's kind of like uh, uh, you've got this kind of like a profit bar in God's eyes. But if you're thinking about it like we um, if we think in, in business terms, like what is profiting in, in, in business? Your business can 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 profit in, in money wise. But is it profiting in God's eyes? Is it profiting in um, uh, in reaching people? Is it profiting in people getting to the knowledge of the truth? Because your business can be successful in God's eyes and uh, in the world's eyes, it looks like you're just getting by. And it can be the other way around. You can in the world's eyes look like you're, you're doing amazing, but in God's eyes, you're not profiting because you, you're not doing what you're doing out of love and you're not uh, uh, doing it with the right motive. So if you have the right why, if you have the right why, if, if you see uh, the reason why you're doing what you're doing is for people, then faithfulness will be a fruit of your life. Faithfulness to do what uh, um, to do the right thing will be a fruit, and a fruit of faithfulness again is promotion and influence. If you're faithful in doing what God's called you to do, and faithful to do the right thing, then promotion and growth will be um, uh, uh, will follow. It's like a fruit. If we if we start with uh, looking for growth, and uh, I'm not. Uh, you can obviously like um, internalize and think about this. I'm not uh, on just on the one end. Like uh, you can't you can't want your business to grow and any of those things. But I'm saying if you only focus on growth and you only focus on how to get your business forward, then you're neglecting the real why. Then you then you're neglecting the fuller picture. Because uh, growth and promotion comes from faithfulness. And. Uh, <clears throat> If we think about how did Paul receive his next step of influence, and Paul's next step was 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 uh, uh, was ministry, but in one Timothy one verse twelve it says, "And I thank God, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled me, because He counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry." 
Now that word ministry is the word deacon and it means service. It means serving. So I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful putting me into the service. <laughs> this is not the way the world works. But uh, like God is saying, you need to grow to a place in maturity and then I'll let you serve people. <laughs> so when we are faithful in serving people, then that's when God can give us increase. That's when we can uh, grow and increase. And you know, when we serve money, money has a promise too. If we're serving money, money has a promise too. And I'll read it to you and uh, uh, you can go and uh, think about this. Uh, and it's talking specifically about the love of money, not just money, but loving money, loving profit. 1 Timothy 6 verse 9 and 10 says, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. If I... Uh, if, if you reverse this a bit and you ask yourself, you know, um, if, if I would have asked you and say, do you want many, many sorrows and pierce yourself uh, or pierce yourself through many sorrows? And uh, do you want to be strayed from your faith? And then you would definitely say no. <laughs> but how you get there is to have a love of money. <laughs> that's that's the, the promise that the love of money would give you. So that's why we need the right why. And out of the, we, we obviously our business needs to be fruitful, but what and profitable. But what I want you to see is that cannot be the only focus. There is an ultimate why of people. But if we talk about faithfulness, what is faithfulness? Faithfulness is doing the same thing over and over again with the same heart that you started it with. Now that's given that you started it with the right heart. But faithfulness is doing something with the same energy. It's doing the right thing when it's uncomfortable. It's doing what needs to be done, even if it costs you. Uh, it's doing what you said you will do if it rains or, or the sun shines. It's doing the right thing when no one is looking. It's doing the right thing when other people have gone home. Faithfulness is just doing the right thing no matter what. And I, I remember a time when I was, um, I was doing kids ministry um, at Hillsong in 20, uh, 2009, 2009, 2010. And um, in kids ministry, there was four, um, four stages, but it was wooden stages. It was like 1.2 meters by 2.4 meter stages. And it was, it was big and it was heavy. So after the evening service, which I think was at uh, maybe at 5, 5 to 6, 6.30, we needed to pack up those stages. So where we were, we were on the second floor. So we needed to move the stages into the service lift. But now the length of the stage doesn't fit into the service lift. So you, you, you push the stage into the service lift and it's like that much still needs to go in. <laughs> so what you need to do is when you have the stage in the service lift, someone needs to stand at the other side and then you need to tilt the stage upwards in the service lift so that it can go one floor down and do the same to get it out to go uh, put it away in, in a container. Now that process of me and, and some one or two other guys, that process of just like putting the stages away, just doing that, us just doing that would take like the whole process for the whole kids church is being packed up by everyone else. <laughs> just to give you an idea. And one evening I was just like, I'm done. I'm done. I lost sight of my wife. I lost sight of why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I just, I was just in that moment, 
like uh, uh, I was just like you know I, I can't do this anymore I'm just I'm, I'm just leaving <laughs> but I was thinking I was thinking that but the awesome thing is you like what I see sometimes people do they they if they lose sight of their why then they just give up and say when I get my why back then uh, I'll do it again you can get your why back in a moment by just praying and asking God to show you and help you get your why back and I was thinking you know why am I doing this why am I doing this? I probably asked that in that same tone of voice in my mind. Like, why am I doing this? <laughs> and uh, uh, I just realized, and I was thinking about the amount of kids which we impacted uh, uh, through through Kids Church and how many lives have been changed, how many uh, kids have received love for the first time. Uh, uh, I was. This is just a very funny story, but uh, there was one of the kids where uh, he grew up in an atheist home. So he's never been, he was, he's never been to church, like never been to church. So first time he comes to church, comes to kids' church, I remember, uh, I think it, his name was Justin, and uh, uh, he's about about eight or nine years old. So after we've done worship and, and shared, like worship and uh, some some things, he just stopped, like, and loud as he could, like say, this is awesome <laughs> and he just shouted and we just like what is happening and he was just like so so blessed with uh, uh just like everything and uh and I, those things came to mind i was like wow the reason why i'm doing this is to reach those kids and i could get my why back i could get my focus back to get my energy back and be faithful even if it feels like uh you know i don't want to be faithful at the moment <laughs> i want to give up and uh, I want to encourage you to not despise where you are, are right now. You might be doing something which you don't want to be faithful with. You, you might be doing something which you want to give up on. Like your next step of influence is linked to how faithful you are with what you are doing right now. Your next step of influence is linked to how faithful you are with what you are doing right now. Like your character is being developed where you are right now. Like, uh, do what you do unto God. Don't think about, like, uh, uh, um, that, uh, like maybe the boss that you don't like that you're doing it for. Do what you do unto God and get the right wine. Like one, one practical thing that I want to share with you guys in being faithful, what God has entrusted me with, is to be intentional to organize my life around God and my church responsibilities. And... Uh, and there's so many distractions we have today with sports being on all all days of the week and everything uh, uh, can just happen any day of the week. And um, what I did was I organized and let everyone know in my life that I'm organizing my priorities to be faithful what God has entrusted me with. And uh, I would even uh, uh, lovingly, uh, I would even tell my parents um, when I'm, when they would come to visit, they uh, were living in Northwest in Brits, and they would come, uh, in a, when I was living in Stellenbosch, they would come for a weekend or uh, a week or, or half a week, and they would come and visit. And I would say, please choose your flights back in a time which I can take you to the airport and get back to church so I can be faithful with what I needed to do at church. Uh, and they lovingly uh, made arrangements so that they can fly at the right time. Even with, uh, with um, doing certain projects at work, is uh, I didn't leave them just like uh, I wasn't like the um, the main person driving the project, but I know if I'm not there for those two hours, they're gonna be okay. So I said to my boss, you know, if you guys want to implement this over the weekend, I'm happy to help. And on Sunday morning, I'm going to church. Would that be okay? Like <laughs> I'm I'm organizing my my life around God, 
and uh, uh, to be faithful with what God has entrusted to me. Because that is the most important thing. Like what I'm taking with me, uh, if you want to call it, like, like say it that way, what I'm taking with me to heaven is relationships, is people. And being being faithful with the most important thing is people and what God um, has entrusted me with. And I really want to encourage you that there are people that you work with that are ready to receive Jesus. There are people that you work with that uh, wants to get saved. They just don't know it yet. And we need to be the ones to speak to them and, uh, uh, and build relationship with them. When I was, um, uh, I got born again when I was 15. And um, really, I was at a, um, uh, in short, like, there wasn't people really that could answer my question. So I kind of like just was mellow in my relationship with God. Got to university, my life went backwards and I'm, uh, so one of my friends took me to church and I started growing in my relationship with God and um, and uh, came back to South Africa. And after my studies, I went to the UK. I don't want to make this a long story. <laughs> uh, went to the UK uh, for a year and three months, came back to South Africa and I started working at ShopRite as the distribution center uh, in Brockenfell uh, on a projects team there. And uh, they started really discovering, um, being part of Grace Life, discovering God's grace and His love and His character and who God is. And uh, was just excited to share it with people around me. And I purposefully built relationship with everyone around me. And some of the, I, I didn't, in my mind, like I wasn't trying to build relationship with certain people to get influence or to be promoted. And some of the people on my team are like, why are you speaking to that manager? I was like, I'm speaking to everyone. I'm not choosing to speak to managers and not to the staff uh, that's that's working maybe on the picking floor. I'm just building relationship with everyone because everyone needs Jesus. <laughs> so, uh, but this one particular guy, uh, he was an inventory, inventory clerk. And um, uh, we worked a lot with them uh, uh, with some of the stock problems that we had. And uh, he had an identity issue. Uh, he was struggling with homosexuality. Uh, and... He, his name is Anthony and people would call him Aggie uh, or they would call him Macy. So he would kind of kind of in a bit dress, dress the part. But uh, I just like, you know, God just uh, uh, like God put me on him on my heart. And I just like kept on building relationship with him. And I remember um, uh, when I found out when everyone was calling him Aggie, I was like, what? And I asked him, what's your name? And he said, uh, he said, Aggie. So I was like, no, what is your name? And he said, Anthony. I was like, thank you. So whenever I needed to speak to him, I'll be like, Anthony, and then he wouldn't look. Uh, and I'll be like, Anthony, and then he wouldn't look, and I'll be like, Anthony. <laughs> and eventually he needed to listen. Uh, unfortunately for him, I was in a, a higher position work-wise, so he needed to listen so we can sort uh, issues out. But he was so irritated with me. But I was calling I was calling out what was on the inside of him, and like his kind of way he wanted his life to go doesn't uh, didn't kind of match up with that. But I uh, kept on building relationship with him and uh, we had a project in one of the other distribution centers and um, he was very good in what he, uh, the, the work that he does as an inventory clerk. So I would pick, up, pick him up in the morning and then we would drive to this other distribution center and uh, spend time in the car and I would just chat to him and build relationship with him and share Jesus with him. And uh, one of the way, one of the trips back, I shared Jesus with him and asked him if he wants to uh, be saved and get born again. And he said, no, uh, like you'll think about it and was a bit awkward about it. And I left it there, uh, but just kept on building relationship. And there was a, a, a staff party the one, um, uh, the one afternoon 
uh, just for the staff, we weren't part of the uh, of the staff party. And I think he had one or two beers and he was a bit uh, giggly. And I asked him, uh, back then I was still in Hillsong, so I asked him, uh, do you want to go to church with me on Sunday? And uh, I think because he had two beers and he said yes. <laughs> so he said yes. I was like, awesome, I'll pick you up. Where do you live? And I uh, got his details. And uh, that was, I think, the Friday to Sunday. I picked him up for church, took him to church. And uh, in the service, uh, he enjoyed the service. After the service, he went out. He wanted to smoke break. And uh, he was smoking. And while he's smoking, he says to me, you know, when the guy was uh, inside was just saying, you know, if you want to get saved, you need to put your hand up. I so badly wanted to put my hand up, but I couldn't put my hand up. It's just like this pressure. I just felt like I couldn't put my hand up. So I was like, well, you can get saved right now. And he looked at me. He's like, but I'm smoking. I was like, what does that matter? <laughs> God loves you, like finish your cigarette and we'll pray and you can get born again. So he finished uh, smoking and we prayed for him and he got born again. And on the way back, he was just like, wow, I feel so light. I feel so like free. I feel so like amazing. But uh, uh, that was his first step in starting, uh, in growing uh, and experiencing the freedom that God has for him. And uh, I never uh, confronted the issue of homosexu homosexuality with him. All I did was uh, just share the truth with him. So uh, I would either go off to work or I would drive uh, on weekends, drive to him from Stellenbosch. Uh, he lived in Brackenfell and uh, just work some discipleship material through with him. And uh, on Sunday evenings, um, uh, Grace Life started the services only on Sunday evenings back then. And then I would from, drive from Stellenbosch and, and pick him up in Brackenfell, take him to church in Stellenbosch. And sometimes he didn't have a lift back. And then I'll go and drop him off at his house. And uh, that was his journey in discovering and growing in his relationship with God. So one uh, evening uh, in one of the services, Shane asked, uh, is there someone who wants to share a testimony? So I was sitting next to Anthony at that time. Uh, he gets up, uh, he goes and stands in, in, in front and he, uh, he starts his testimony like this. And he says, uh, so I'm not gay anymore. I was like, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> That's the first time we like all of us like uh, uh, hear that. And then his next his next uh, uh, sentence is, and you know, uh, uh, um, his next sentence was something like, and chant. You know, chant. I hated him. And I was like, wow, that is a very nice way to share your testimony. <laughs> but the reason why, and and he carried on just sharing, and he's like, the reason why he hated me is because I saw more in him that he saw in himself. I saw the potential in, in him. I saw him for the value that he uh, uh, that God has on him. And even uh, thinking back at that uh, is that people, when you see the value that you have in them, when you see like what God has in them, they might actually not enjoy that at that moment. But that is what they want. That is what their heart wants. Maybe their mind doesn't want that because their mind uh, uh, doesn't want to give up what they're currently living. But that is what their heart is really seeking seeking to uh, uh, to receive. I remember another story um, uh, when I was working on the projects team, we, um, there was another project that came up that uh, needed me to, uh, to move to the head office and work on a, uh, on a projects team at head office. And uh, we were a very diverse uh, team. And I was in this time like constantly thinking about, you know, God, how can I share Jesus at work? How can I like start a conversation with someone? How can I uh, like just uh, um, like influence people for you? And I think that is that's the way it starts. 
is like you can know the knowledge of like the why is that we can need to reach people and bring them excuse me to the knowledge of the truth but in relationship with god we we need to be like god help me what is my next step how can i reach the people that i'm working with <laughs> so i was praying that and uh, if you hear some of the conversations that people have during lunchtime you're like oh god like how am i how are these people ever going to get saved so this one guy in uh, in this in the office i was working at he was the one speaking mo like he was the one who was speaking the most about parties and drinking and girls and everything <laughs> And uh, so this one one afternoon in lunchtime, he asks me like, "Chad, would you would you want to get married?" And I was like, "Yes." And I, he was a bit shocked, and he's like, "But um, but why? Like, don't you want to like mess around and stuff?" And I was like, and I was thinking, and what came out of my mouth was a bit of like us like in that space of trying to step out and sharing uh, sharing the gospel. So I said, no, I want to get married right now because Jesus changed my life and God is awesome. And uh, you could hear a pin drop in the office. It was like dead quiet. <laughs> it generally goes over that way. But then he started sharing, you know, when I was in Germany, like I was a Christian and I was this and I was that. And I'm, I wasn't, uh, I'm going to share further of the story. So I'm not sure if he really was a Christian or was born again when he was in Germany. So what happened then, uh, there was kind of like a connection. So we started a friendship and he would ask me questions about relationships and how to fix relationships. And I, will get, I, I would be giving him the wisdom of the word without giving him the verses. So I was basically discipling him into the word without saying, you know, this verse says this. I was just discipling into you can't choose for someone else. You can only give love and they need to receive your love. Those kind of things in relationships. So <clears throat> we just carry on this friendship. And one morning I was sitting at my desk. It was about like five, ten past eight. And I know I was just, just kind of still getting into the day. And uh, he walks in the door and he's kind of like this adamant. He walks straight to my desk and he's like, Chad, what makes you different than me? And I was like, um, like, I was thinking like, well, like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? He's like, what makes you different than me? You're a Christian. And what I said was like, you know, uh, the only thing I can say is I've got this peace inside of me that I cannot explain. And then he goes on to say, you are the fourth person telling me the same thing. How can I get born again? I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so I said, we need to honor like the business time. So let's go out for lunch uh, and then I can share some more with you and you can get born again. And it ended up, he, sh he shared with me that he was at a braai over the weekend and he asked some Christians at a braai, what makes you different than me? And they all gave the same answer. They all said, because you, um, I've got this peace inside of me that I cannot explain. And I was just the fourth person telling him the same thing and had the opportunity uh, to lead him to Jesus. And uh, uh, I'll, I'll just share a, a funny story quick. But after him receiving Jesus, he felt so empowered and so like free uh we had this one uh, meeting and uh, in some of the shop right uh, meeting rooms it's obviously certain sizes and it, it was probably sized for 10 people but we were about 20 people and he was giving a presentation he was standing in the far left corner doing a presentation i was sitting in the far right corner and there was a big table uh, in the middle so for him to get to me he had to wiggle through all the people to get to me so he gives this presentation, like this was a day or two after uh, he got born again. 
uh, and he wiggles through all the people and he comes to me and I was like, what is this? What is he doing? Like, uh, like other people are setting up presentation. He's like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> and he gets to me. He's like, chart, I've got so much confidence. It's awesome. And then he turns back and he walks back to his chair in the front left and he goes and sit. <laughs> and I was like, uh, uh, that's so awesome. But there's so many opportunities of people needing Jesus and people wanting Jesus. And uh, we can, we are there to serve people and really um, uh, uh, like to serve people and love people and use the opportunities to share Jesus with them. Like people's hearts are open. People, um, uh, people want uh, people want Jesus. Sometimes they don't know that they want Jesus, but you need to start the conversation to help them. And if uh, if you think about it, I'm getting into your. I'm ending off with a few with a, a few thoughts. Um, getting into your mind in uh, with when it comes to business, there's lots of tools that help us with setting goals for business. There's tools that help us with the budgets and reporting and. Uh, make it easier for us to set goals for our department or set uh, uh, goals for uh, what we want to achieve in uh, achieve in business. But I don't know. I know this is not the right way to say it, but I want you to just think about it because we sometimes think we're in the business place and we didn't, we we don't we don't think um, God in business. But do you set people goals? If you're setting business goals, do you set people goals of uh, maybe you're leading a group of people. Are you setting goals of, and I know this is not the right terminology and this is not how you do it, but I'm just trying to get you to think in the way that you think about business to say, do you think of how am I going to reach these people? Do you set a goal of at least at the end of this year, I wanted to share the gospel with everyone or um, uh, I want to uh, uh, serve the people or like I want a goal of people, whatever, come to the knowledge of Jesus or get saved. Like, do you set do you set goals that that's personally for you um, in your team and the the people that you are working with in terms of the people, not just setting business goals but setting people goals. And <clears throat> if you think, um, um, someone shared this a while ago with me. I, I think it was a year, maybe a year or two ago, and it really struck a chord in my heart. And the person said to me about um, uh, sharing the gospel and sharing um, uh, the gospel in friendships. And sometimes it's difficult. And he said to me, do you love your friend or your friendship? And that really like, like it's hits the nail on the head. Because do you love the relationship more? Because if you love the friendship more, then you love what you can get out of it. Or do you love your friend more? If you love your friend more, then you will share the gospel with him. Now that being translated into a business question do you love your business more or do you love the people in your business because if you love the people in your business you would take the opportunity to share the gospel with them and i know if you sometimes if you share the gospel with someone and you uh, uh, uh you help them grow in their relationship with god like it changes it there's some changes that happen in a relationship and some people would say you know i want to don't want to be too close to the people that i'm leading i don't want to build relationally i don't want to get too involved in their lives i'm saying this in love as a jesus follower you can't choose that <laughs> because as a jesus follower we are loving people and we are involved in people's lives and that's what we do we love people we share the gospel with them we help them we disciple them that's the purpose and if there are relationships that people are taking uh, like opportunities or they misusing their relationship then you just need to correct them in love 
don't let uh, don't let don't let it uh, because you don't want to don't let it because you want to share the gospel with someone um <laughs> i don't I want to say this <laughs> Uh, don't let that you you might be thinking you know if I share the gospel with them it might influence our relationship negatively. Don't let that influence you in sharing the gospel with someone. If you love someone, you'll share the gospel with them. What is going to count in the end is our relationships. It's the relationships we have with people. It's not it's not like what we built over time. It's how we got there. It's how we treated treated the people uh, on the way there. It's how we loved people uh, on the way there. So just to to, uh, to end off before uh, we'll be opening up for some questions, but if you are losing your why of why am I doing what I'm doing, uh, and if you're losing your 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 energy in in the reason, um, losing your energy in what you what you're doing, go back to your why, go back to your why so that God can help you with your why and see like the value that He has on people, that His treasure is people, that His treasure is that uh, you are influencing people. And I also just feel to encourage um, uh, to encourage you that what you are doing in business and those those of you that are influencing people and taking risks in sharing the gospel with people and um, uh, just like being Jesus in the workplace, even if it sometimes causes uncomfortableness in the workplace, like God loves it, like He's proud of you. <laughs> He's like backing you and saying, "Go for it," uh, because that's His treasure, uh, His people. So, amen.